Praise God. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> Psalm 69. I, I could have started at uh, 65. I, I mean, I wanted to, but for time's sake. I'm going to look at 69, 70, and, and 71. 70 is real short, but I'm telling you, every one of these are about your daily troubles. And that's where we mess up when we don't realize God will help you right now and today. I mean, I'll just kind of search yourself and go, I need to put anything on the prayer list. Don't put up with anything, you know. I'll never forget. What got me when Jesus prayed for this guy that was blind one time. And, uh, and the guy, when he prayed for him, he said, can you see anything? And the guy said, well, I see everybody like trees. And then the Bible says Jesus laid his hands on him again. And then he saw clearly. He wants you to see clearly. Another thing. Jesus, of course, was healing people, and uh, that's just part of the gospel. It just is, and he'll keep you well, too, And because uh, if you're ever sick at your stomach, you, you're not like, oh, I just want to get close to you, Lord. No, you want to stop throwing up. It's a terrible, you need help, and God will help you. But anyway, it's really important to know that God will help you. But anyway, Jesus is preaching, and he's in a synagogue, and these people were just hateful. They knew he was going to heal. And there was a guy there that had a deformed hand or whatever. And Jesus called that man to come up. And he was mad at everybody in that room. And he says, is it right to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? But the problem was, I mean, the thing I liked was the guy had a good hand. Well, okay, you just kind of learn it. And we sort of hallmark, we've seen movies and we've seen good Christian people. And I thank God for people. I, I like their attitudes or whatever. But don't just think it's the end of the world. Get that other hand working, you know, and the Lord will help you. But anyway, I love the part where after Jesus rebuked everybody because of their hardness of their hearts, because they just they just knew he was going to heal. And when and when he healed them, they were going to try to kill him. Well, it's it's so what? But anyway, Jesus finally told that man, stretch forth thine hand. That's the King James Version. And of course, when he did, his hand was restored. And I like the phrase whole as the other. God wants you to have two hands. And when you read these Psalms, remember every one of these, when you read them, it's you. Okay? So look at this. Save me. Now this is not talking about going to heaven. Let's watch the subject. It's talking about something going on right now. And it was not a one-timer. These things, they're every day. Every day we have difficulties. So he says, the floods have risen. Deeper and deeper I seek in the mire. The waters rise around me. I have wept until I'm exhausted. I bet you we have all covered that multiple times in our life. Our problems are just, oh. But you know, I like to think about when I'm going through some trouble right now, I always go, you know what? I had troubles last year and I already forgot them. (laughs) I mean, they were serious too, whatever they were. Anyway. My throat is dry and hoarse. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God. Look at this. Waiting for my God to act. Notice it didn't say, I need to learn to be patient. I know God's got better things to do than to help me. Don't talk about that stuff. You need to think about how God will help you. And start looking at your clock and start watching for Him. See, that's faith. You're expecting Him. I mean, really. I was reading, I love reading things about, uh, because it's true. Creation. You look up things about creation evidence. It's fantastic. All the processes that go inside your body. Let's say the clotting of blood. There's no way this stuff evolved. No way in the world. It's just no way. All the processes that take place in your body to clot blood and things like that. If there was just one process that got goofed up a little bit, it'd kill you. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we're okay. We're all fine. Your body is just wonderfully made, like David said. So anyway, we're waiting for our God to act. I cannot even count all those who hate me without cause. They are influential men who plot to kill me, though I'm innocent. They demand that I be punished for what I didn't do. Now remember, when you read this, this is you. We all have personal difficulties and whatever. Oh God, you know, look at this. Oh God, you know so well how stupid I am. Well, then there goes my miracles. I guess I, God knows I'm just so dumb and, and he's not going to help me. He's got better. We have his mercy. You know all my sins. Oh Lord God of the armies of heaven, don't let me be a stumbling block to those who trust in you. Oh God of Israel, don't let me, don't let them, don't let me cause them to be confused. Though I am mocked and cursed and shamed for your sake, even my own brothers pretend they don't know me. Remember when he defeated uh, Goliath, his brothers were mad at him. Eliab, well I know why you're here. You're here because you just wanted to see the war. Well, there was no war. Uh, Verse 9. My zeal for God and His work burns hot within me because I advocate your cause. Your enemies insult me even as they insult you. How they scoff and mock at me when I mourn and fast before the Lord. How they talk about me when I wear sackcloth to show my humiliation and sorrow for my sins. I am the talk of the town and the song of the drunkards. But I keep right on praying to you, Lord. For now is the time you are bending down to hear. Wow. You know, many times, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, let's see, yeah. You know, many times we think when we're dealing with prayer, nobody's listening. I mean, I I know we know better than that, but sometimes those are our thoughts. And you, you don't need to have those thoughts. God is listening to you. He's waiting on you. You are ready with a plentiful supply of love and kindness. Now answer my prayer. Look at this. And rescue me as you promised. See, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't care if your car's flipping through the air, your airplane's out of control, some personal problem like this is going on with other people. It makes no difference. You know, well, I'm just one against multitudes of people. That doesn't matter. Come on in. One against all kind of people doesn't matter. You are a majority. You don't have to have everybody, you know, on your side to, to pull any of these things off. You've got God. Okay, so uh, now answer my prayer and rescue me as you promised. Pull me out of this mire. Don't let me sink in. Rescue me from those who hate me and from these deep waters I'm in. Don't let the floods overwhelm me or the ocean swallow me. Now, I'll tell you what. David's not leaving one place for failure here. He's like saying, you know, I don't want to drown. I don't. He's just like a squalling baby. And hello, when you hear a baby crying, somebody needs to tend to him, you know. And, but somehow today we have all this unbelief. And I can tell you where that unbelief is coming from is just the enemy. It's the devil trying to get us to not believe that God will help us. Because what happens is, you know, you know, when you take care of that crying baby, what? Everybody wants to hold it. Oh, I want to hold it. You know, and, and when, when, when our problems go away, we are the talk of the town. I mean, everybody likes being around Richard because he's, he's happy all the time. Well, I'll tell you why. Okay, don't let the floods overwhelm me or the ocean swallow me. Save me from the pit that threatens me. Oh, Jehovah, answer my prayers. Well, gee, David, don't you? You know, David needs to go to take a break class, you know. No, he doesn't either. Dave, we need to act like David. 
Your loving kindness is wonderful. Your mercy is so plentiful, tender, and so kind. Don't hide from me, for I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> Look at this. Quick. But see, I, I was taught for a lot of years, don't. You, you, God's in control. I'll tell you what, that God's in control stuff is ridiculous. You'll find God's in control when you read the scriptures and the stories right there. But he didn't bring these problems. He didn't. Okay. Okay. Come and save me. Come, Lord, and rescue me. Ransom me from all my enemies. You know how they talk about me and how they so shamefully dishonor me. You, uh, let's see. You see them all and know uh, what each has said. Their contempt has broken my heart. My spirit is heavy within me. If even one would show some pity, even if even one would comfort me. <clears throat> for food they gave me gall. For my awful thirst they gave me vinegar. See how this was prophecy? That's what they did to Jesus. And that's what was spoken of in the gospel. They gave me vinegar. Okay. Anyway, let their joys turn to ashes and their peace disappear. Let darkness and blindness and great feebleness be theirs. Pour out your fury upon them. Consume them with the fierceness of your anger. Let their homes be desolate. Desolate. Almost sounds like uh, what we're supposed to expect if, if we believe certain things that some people say about Christianity. I mean, God wants us this way. Well, he should have taken this out of the scriptures. Our houses are not supposed to be desolate. We're not supposed to be going through this stuff. Okay. For they persecute the one you have smitten and scoff at the pain, the one you've pierced. Pile their sins high. Don't overlook them. Let those men be blotted from the list of the living. That's the, 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 the Lamb's Book of Life, we know. Do not, let, do not give them the joys of life with the righteous. Now listen to this. You mean there's supposed to be joys of life with the righteous? Yeah! That's how you tell when things are going good or not. When things are bad, we need to be what praying like David did. 29, here we go again. But rescue me, O God. Look at this. From my poverty. Now come on, you're a king. Well, let me tell you, when you're running a business or whatever... It doesn't take long to go from the black to the red. <laughs> I mean, and, and these things happen, and it's like, well, I guess I just need a few more smart guys. You have the smart guy. You've got the Lord. He will fix it. This is the coolest part. But rescue me from my poverty and pain. Then I, look at this. Look what he says I'm going to do. Then I will praise God with my singing. My thanks will be his praise. That will please him more than the sacrificing of a bullock or an ox. The humble shall see their God at work for them. Look at this. That's what we need to expect today. When you walk out of this building and all this week, you need to see your God working for you. It's not that, you know, there's something, sometimes we just feel like there's something wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I didn't create this world. I didn't create me. And then we want to have God out there in some dark room. We don't even know where, well, I'll see you when I die. You know, <clears throat> when the Bible says he came in the cool of the day and walked with Adam, you know, and we see all through the scriptures, other people that <clears throat> I remember even after Adam, we got Adam, you know, and Eve, their kids, Cain, Abel, you go down through the list and there was one of them by the name of what? Enoch. And when you read it in the living Bible, it's so good. He just says, Enoch and God were getting along so good. God just says, come up here with me. <laughs> but I tell you what, I guarantee you. Enoch was in this world. He had troubles, but he did this. He walked with the Lord, asking the Lord to help him like David did. And that's the reason David said, I am going to praise you with my singing. Now, why? Because you're going to rescue me. Oh, uh, let's see. My thanks will be his praise. Okay, we've read that. Verse 32. The humble shall see their God at work for them. No wonder. Look at this. No wonder they will be so glad. Now, I don't know what's bothering you today. I don't need to know. 
Because like I said, I can't do anything about it. But the Lord can. And He will. And so just expect this. No wonder they will be so glad. All who seek God shall live in joy. Now that's, that's more like the Jesus I'd heard about. You know. You know, as a little kid in Sunday school class and the felt boards and whatever, this is Jesus. He's going to the disciples. He's going to them when they're panicking in this rough sea. And he says, peace be still. But somehow over the years, I was taught that Jesus went that way and the disciples were on their own. That's ridiculous. Do you know John's account of that? When Jesus got in the boat, all of a sudden the disciples looked up and they were, we've hit land. (laughs) They were already there. And it was not some mistranslation. It just happened. Immediately, they were at the other side. The people on the other side, when they got there, they knew Jesus didn't get in that boat either. And one of them come up and said, hey, how'd you get here? I mean, they did. They were, they were going, we not, how'd you get here? Anyway, all who seek God shall live in joy. For Jehovah hears the cries of the needy ones and does not look the other way. Wow. Amazing. Okay, that's 69. Now you could, like I say, when you read the book of Psalms, you'll see these everywhere. Uh, 68 is exactly the same, but I want us to go to 70. And we looked at 70 uh, the other day, okay? But I want to pass through it because it's just short. So you'll see. Can't be taking anything out of context here. Look at this one. Rescue me. Oh God, let me close this down. Lord, hurry to my aid. Now, boy, that just... I'm sure there's preachers right now preaching that you don't do that. You need, we all need to learn to just accept. I'm not. I'm not going to accept anything. They're after my life and delight in hurting me. Confuse them. Shame them. Stop them. Don't let them keep on mocking me. Remember Psalm 69 in the middle of that, David said, now you know how stupid I am and you know all my sins. But that did not stop him from saying, rescue me, I think probably four or five times. Fill the fo- Look at this. Fill the followers of God with joy. Praise the Lord. Let those who love your salvation exclaim, what a wonderful God he is. But I'm in deep trouble. Now he gets back to the issue. Now look, I'm in deep trouble. We need some help now. For only you can help and save me, Lord. Don't delay. Now, is he talking about heaven? Of course not. Now, this is the one I want to get to. 71. Watch this. 71. Let's close. Lord, you are my refuge. Don't let me down. Save me from my enemies. Now, remember, we got terrorists today. This is the same thing. I mean, David couldn't go from camp this to camp that to whatever. I mean, matter of fact, you read, you read his stories. He was such a warrior. Right toward the end of his life, he was in a battle. He was fighting, and of course they won. And his generals and stuff got a hold of him and said, Look, chief, we don't want you fighting anymore. You just stay up here. But all the way to David's last battle, he was valiant. He was great. They didn't want to lose him. But anyway, rescue me. Bend down your ear and listen to my plea and save me. For you, uh, let's see, be to me a great protecting rock. Now, I want to add something right here. I, I don't care what it is. You, you lose a ring or whatever. There was a woman in the Bible, and Jesus said uh, the kingdom of God is like this. She lost some very valuable coins, and she swept that whole place, and she found it. 
And what she do? She picked up the phone, called all her friends, and had a hoot nanny over it. When you lose things, please don't forget that the Lord knows where it is. And He's on your side. He will help you get it. There was a guy chopping wood one time. He went back, and his back was toward the Tennessee River, the deep end of the river. And that axe went, Now remember the story about that? It was Phil's. It wasn't mine. So it was borrowed. So now Phil's out an axe head, and I know he's going to come after me. At least that's what this fellow was thinking. Of course, Phil wouldn't. Phil would do what the scripture says, I'm sure. Elijah was there. And, uh, <clears throat> and they said, hey, the axe head went out there. And Elijah said, take a stick, throw it out there. So he threw it out there. And the Bible says the axe head swam. Yeah, you're going to float iron. It did. It did. You explain how these miracles happen in your life. There's no coincidences. You, you, you figure out how you missed that car going through that intersection. You figure that out. You figure out how, you know, you thought you were coming down with a cold and you didn't. I want to mention that one. I mean, Joy was here. She had a cold, whatever. She had her, her uh, oh, stuff there. And all of a sudden, Monday night, man, my throat was, oh, I was just starting to get there. And, uh, but I tell you what, in one day it was gone. And I thought, praise God. But I tell you what, I was doing this. I was saying, Lord, I, I hate a sore throat. Oh, I hate that. Mm. And I was so shocked by the next morning. I only had one bad night. Now I actually slept through it. But uh, the, uh, the next day when I got up, I thought, praise God. You know how you forget about it. When you're feeling good, you forget about it. And I didn't think about it till noon. And I thought, praise God, where did I think go? I thought, <clears throat> hallelujah. Anyway, rescue me. Bend down your ear. Listen to my plea and save me. Be a great protecting rock. And I love this. I don't know about you, but uh, I know, I, I'm sure all of us men, you women are probably the same way. You had a little fort in the woods. This is your little fort, you know, whatever. Well, look at the words here. Be to me a great protecting rock where I am always welcome. In other words, when you run behind that rock, here's my new pulpit. Here. My rock never says you can't come behind me. No, it's my rock. And I always welcome. Boy. See what you get when you read the Bible? You don't have to have the living Bible. You could have seen this in the King James, but look at this. Look at this. Safe from all attacks. For you have, look at this, you have issued the order to save me. Now, I don't remember where it was. It would take me some time to find it. Not that long. But I remember, and uh, it's an early one. I, I guess I just looked at, I was just reading it myself. But David said, I think it's Psalm 55 or whatever, but it's in there somewhere. David said, let me hear you say you will save me. In other words, kind of like your coach saying, run that play and you'll make it. Run this play and you'll score a touchdown. Fourth down on the one yard line. Run that play and you'll make it. Let me hear you say you'll save me. Look at this. You have issued the order to save me. Rescue me, O God, from these unjust and cruel men. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you. Look at this. I've trusted you from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth and have helped me constantly. Well, now wait a minute. He didn't need any of this help from uh, cruel men and stuff when he was a little kid. Well, yeah, he did. It doesn't matter if it's cruel men. It could be you lost your favorite toy. It could, you need to just get used to the fact that God wants to be your God. He wants to be your Father. He wants to be with you. Anyway, oh Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you from childhood. You have been with me from birth and have helped me constantly. No wonder I am what? What do you think he's going to say? No wonder I am 
uh, always praising you. See, that's, that's where we get it. That's the reason I am just so against thinking that we're supposed to just praise the Lord and we don't know nothing about Him. We don't even praise Him for creation. We just owe Him praise. That's not the way He created things. Look at this. My success at which so many stand amazed is because you are my mighty protector. Let's remember before we leave, this is 71. It'll be in your Bibles when you go home. You own this psalm. It's yours. All day long, I'll praise you for, oh God, for all that you have done for me. Whew. Sounds like he's, you know, going to be doing a lot. Now look at nine. Here we are. And now, in my old age, don't set me aside. Boy, this is good. I mean, I'm 54, but I'm glad in the future I still got a lot of hope. Don't forsake me now when my strength is failing. My enemies are whispering, God's forsaken him. Now we can get him. There's no one to help him now. That's the same words in Psalm 3. Because David said, many there be that say there is no help for him in God. In other words, living Bible will say, well, God can't even help him. Oh, you need to remember, yes, he will. Yes, he will. That's the reason David said, but you, O Lord, are the glory and the lifter of my head. And David said, by the way, I'm going to sleep and I'm going to get up. And all your enemies, your teeth are going to be broken in the morning. <laughs> I mean, it's really a wonderful song. Okay, oh God, don't stay away. Come quickly, help, destroy them, cover them with failure and disgrace, these enemies of mine. I will keep on expecting you to help me. I will praise you more and more. I cannot count the times when you faithfully, hmm, it's like what we were saying this morning, when you faithfully rescued me from danger. Wow, I will tell everyone how good you are and of your constant, look at this, daily care. Daily care. Now, I'm going to break right here and go to uh, uh, the book of Genesis and show, show you something fantastic over here. You would have found this yourself, but you got me this morning to point this out. Uh, let's go to it's Genesis 21, and let's see, we're going to go down here to, this is in the time of, excuse me, this is in the time of uh, Abraham, and let me scroll down, verse 21. Uh, okay. About this time, this is Abraham. About this time, King Abimelech and Phico, whatever, commander of his troops, came to Abraham. Now, this is, this is King, they're from another nation, okay? Okay. And they came to Abraham and said, it's evident, look at this, God helps you in everything you do. Wouldn't it be great if that was ours? It is yours. It's yours. Abraham's blessing is mine. So they say, swear to me by God's name that you will not defraud me or my son or my grandson, but that you will keep on being friendly. You'll be on friendly terms with me and my country as I have been towards you. Abraham, he's fine. He says, all right, I'll swear to it. Notice Abraham didn't say, well, you know, we never can count on God. I mean, things have been going good lately, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's probably going to go downhill tomorrow. You know, remember old Job. The incident with Job only happened one time, and it was either nine months, either, it, was, it was either, scholars say it was either a year and a half to as short as six months. And then what happened to Job? Well, he was worse off? No. Three times as much. It was, or better than that, I forgot. Anyway, he said, okay, I'll swear to it. Then Abraham complained to the king about the well the king's servants had taken violently away from Abraham's servants. And the king, because. The bad people in the territory were, when Abraham weren't, wasn't looking, they were 
taking over these wells. That's like taking over gas stations and stuff. Anyway, this is the first I've heard of it, the king exclaimed. And I have no idea who's responsible. Why didn't you tell me? Then Abraham gave sheep and oxen to the king and sacrifices to seal uh, their pack. Their little contract here. Uh, then he took seven ewe lambs and set them, uh, set them off by themselves. He said, what are you doing that? Abraham said, they are my gift as a public confirmation that this well is mine. So from that time on, the well was called Beersheba, well of the oath, because of the place where they made the covenant. Now remember why they made the covenant. Why did that king came down? Because the king scratched his head and said, Abraham, we know <laughs> you're going to become a mighty nation. We just don't want you to kill us when you get huge. Because we know God blesses everything you do. Now, five chapters later, guess what happens? Same guy shows up, and it's this time, it's Abraham's son. Let's see what happens here. Close this down. Severe famine. Wow. All right, here's Isaac, okay? And here's this Abimelech, king of the Philistines. Okay. Now, uh, let's scroll down here to see what happened. Oh, and by the way... Isaac did the same thing as his daddy did. His wife, Rebecca, was a knockout. And he says, hey, you just tell him you're my sister, okay? Actually, she was a cousin. So tell him you're my sister. Same thing Abraham told Sarah to do. So anyway, he says, uh, Rebecca said, she's my sister. Because he feared for his life. Uh, because if he told him it was his wife, they thought they would kill him. Anyway, uh, the king found out about it, whatever. And he didn't kill him. But now watch what happens. Uh, let's see. Oh, that year, and I remember there was famine, Isaac's crops were tremendous. A hundred times the grain he sowed, for Jehovah blessed him. He was soon a man of great wealth and became richer and richer. Now, I don't want to know these details if it doesn't affect me. I mean, yeah, I know it affects me. I know it affects me. I mean, I gave $25 for this. <laughs> That's just... I, when I think about something I want to buy, it's almost like never do I ever ever, hardly ever find something that I pay full price for, except go down to Walmart and go buy milk, maybe, whatever. But, you know, by and large, God just gets the money together somehow, or something happens. Anyway, the Philistines became jealous of him. So they filled up his wells with earth. I mean, he had a well there, and while he wasn't looking, they threw dirt in it. So they filled up his wells with the earth, all, the dug, all those dug by the servants of his father Abraham. And King... Abimelech asked Isaac to leave the country. Hey, just, just look, get out of here. He said, for you've become too rich and powerful for us. Okay, so Isaac goes to Gerara Valley, whatever, somewhere, you know, Decatur, Alabama, lived there instead. Isaac redug the wells of his father, the ones the Philistines filled after his father's death and gave them, to the same, gave them the same names they had before when his father named them. His shepherds dug a new well in Gerar Valley and found gushing underground spring. I mean... <laughs> It, they weren't hurting. I mean, they were digging. I think it's the spy and water. Okay. Then the local shepherds came along and they claimed it. Hey, this is ours. You know, you can't win for losing. Oh, not as a, not it, not with you and I with Jesus. We're gonna win all the time. Watch this. So they argued and they uh, and so he named it the Well of Argument. Isaac's men dug another, uh, but again there was a fight over it. and He called it the Well of Anger. <laughs> Anyway, abandoning that when he dug again, finally left him alone, and it was called, look at this, the well of room enough for us at last. Now watch this. Anyway, so, uh, okay, God shows up that night and says, I'm the God of Abraham, your father. He says, don't fear, I'm with you, and I'll bless you. Now again, what do we need to know the details for if that's not ours? It is ours. 
I'm going to give you so many descendants, you're going to become a great nation because of my promise uh, uh, to Abraham who obeyed me. Isaac then built an altar and worshipped him and settled there. Okay. One day, here they come. One day, uh, King Abimelech arrived with his advisor, Ahuza, and also Fico again. That same guy again. He said, boy, I was here when your, when your daddy was here. And look what, look, this, I love it in the Living Bible. Why have you come? Isaac asked them. This obviously is no friendly visit <laughs> since you kicked me out of your town. Ah, but look what they said. We can plainly see that Jehovah is blessing you. And we decided to ask you for a treaty. In other words, don't kill us when you get huge and whatever. So even people outside of Jesus are starting to realize that, oh my goodness, God's helping you. He says, promise that you won't harm us uh, uh, as we have not harmed you. In fact, have done only good to you and have sent you away in peace. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Okay, so anyway, that's what they did. Uh, one other spot I want us to see here. This one's over in the book of Numbers, chapter 10, verse 9. See what we got here. Look what he says. I mean, this is just kind of for in the future. Oh, no. What happens if something bad happens? Okay, when you arrive in the promised land and go to war. Oh, boy. Trouble against your enemies. God will hear you and save you from your enemies. Now, when he says, when you blow these trumpets, you don't have to have a trumpet. You just need to know God will save you. Watch this. Watch this. Notice this. Use these trumpets in time of gladness, too. Well, I didn't think we were supposed to be glad. We are supposed to be glad. You know, like I saw. I saw Myrna on Bailey Cove working on her mailbox, and she wasn't kicking it. You know, <laughs> she wasn't having a fit. I don't think I had any fits this week over anything. I mean, I'm, I, I'm happy. I read the story about Balaam again uh, this week, and he was told to curse the Israelites, and God said, no, you're not going to do it. You're going to say what I say. Anyway, uh, when Balaam got up there, he said, oh, that I could die as happy as an Israelite. Happy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Now, there's more here. Watch this. Look down here uh, at, uh, this is, uh, look at this. One day, Moses said to his brother-in-law, Hobab, son of Ruel, the Midianite. Okay, brother-in-law, that means it was his wife's, his wife's brother, okay? He says, at last we're on our way to the promised land. Now let's just make sure God's going to help us out. Is there any promise of that? Oh yeah, look at this. Come with us and we will do you good. For the Lord has given wonderful promises to Israel. What? But his brother-in-law said, no, i got to go to my own land and my kinfolk. Moses says, stay with us, for you know the way around the wilderness. He wanted him to stay on staff. But look what he says about the Lord. You'll be a great help to us. If you come, you will share in all the good things the Lord does for us. I'm telling you, that's where we're at. That's where, this is where we're at. Now let's finish up in the book of Psalms. Oh, so no wonder we have here in 71... Oh, uh, all this about save me, get me out of trouble. It's kind of like it's just abnormal. Uh, okay, let's see. I'll tell everyone, yeah, your daily care. Okay, he says, I will. No, I, I'm old and gray. Don't forsake me. He won't. 
He said, give me time to tell. Look at this. Give me time. We're in Psalm 71. Give me time to tell this new generation and their children too all about your mighty miracles. Your power and goodness, Lord, reach to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Where is another God like you? You've let me seek down in in desperate problems, but you will bring me back to life again. Up from the depths of the earth, you will give me greater honor than before and turn again and comfort me. I think there's a couple more verses right there. I will praise you with music, telling of all your faithfulness to all your promises, O Israel. I will shout and sing and praise you for redeeming me. Now, this redeeming is not going to heaven. It's, it's just simply salvation from your troubles. I mean, it is. You can, we're going to heaven, praise the Lord. We have been redeemed. I will talk to others all day long about your justice and your goodness. For all who have tried to hurt me have been disgraced. And dishonored. I don't care who's plotting what against you. Even if it's just the devil, it ain't going to work. You're going to come out of here all right. The shield of faith quenches every fiery dart. The angels are encamped about you. They're on, they're on command to deliver you, no matter what. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you by your stripes we're healed. If we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what we might be facing. We might be facing a tumor. We might be facing skin problems or whatever or cancer. It doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. You'll take care of us because you're going to keep us safe in our old age. Hallelujah. Lord, you also said you'd take care of us financially. We saw these things in the scriptures, just blessing Abraham and Isaac. And and even David said, get me out of this poverty. You'll do that. And Lord, if there's anything else we've ever uh, encountered this week, something that's just heavy on our hearts and we're trying not to worry about it and we're trying to roll our burden over on you, get us out of that. Well, Lord, that doesn't leave anything else. But like David said, we're just going to tell others. Give us time to tell others what great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Amen.